0: Welcome to Elan Restoration Fellowship, where Jesus is King, Hamalek, Lord, Hashem, and Messiah, Mashiach. And now, Pastor and Rabbi, Billy Elias. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bearing the Burden podcast with Elan Restoration Fellowship. I am your host, Pastor and Rabbi, Billy Elias. Uh, We have a lot to cover today. You know, as this past season um, has just come to a close, and of course I'm talking about the biblical season of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Hag Sukkot. Um, There's things that we need to know and we need to understand about that third feast day that we've been speaking about. Of course, I'm talking about Hag Sukkot or the Feast of Booths. Now, in the previous podcast, uh, it was a madrash on a Shabbat. Um, I broke down Sukkot by letter, so I took the letters, uh, four letters. It's actually five letters, but actually four of letters of the Hebrew alphabet. One is is um, one is duplicated, the vowel, and I broke them down by letter to show you how amazing God's language and his work really is. And when we did that, we were able to show you what the word actually meant and why it's so important for those of us in Christianity to be able to understand these feast days. Um, and I'm, I'm drawing, of course, out of the book that's upcoming uh, the Seven Days and Jesus is a book on the festivals that I have been working on, and that will be available soon for sure. But today what I wanted to do is I wanted to talk about the days, especially now the seventh day. But, you know, as we look at this uh, feast day, it's seven days long, as we've talked about, beginning on the 15th of the month, the first day of the fi- or the 17th of the, or the 15th of the month. And there are certain things that happen during this time that it's important for us to know. Number one, obviously, on day one of Sukkot, it begins with a Shabbat. So we all understand what Shabbat is by now. It's a day of rest, it's a day of celebration within the home and the family. Um, So it's, and again, if it falls on an actual Shabbat, then it's even double that the prayers would change, some of the traditions would change. But the fact that every feast day is a Shabbat, regardless of when they fall in the middle of the week, is important in and of itself. But we also notice that on the 17th day of this month, the Ark comes to rest on Mount Ararat. So as we follow Noah, and we follow the story of Noah, we see that on the third day of Sukkot, The ark of um, Noah's ark, that is, the boat, not the covenant, comes to rest on Mount Ararat. And we've spoken about that as well. Now we talk about day number seven. Um, And in Hebrew, day day number seven uh, to the Jews is called Hoshana Rabbah. Um, We know the word Hoshana is as Hosanna. It means, you know, God save us. It's a contraction for um, what is found in the Psalms as "Ana adonai hoshe Ana." save us, our Lord, please save us. So hoshana is just an intrac- a, a, a contraction to say save us and "rabah" is um, like very much, right? So if you were to say thank you very much in Hebrew, it would be "todar rabbah, right? Thank you very much. So rabbah meaning, very much. So what God is saying, what what? So what this this holiday, the seventh day, as the Jews would celebrate it, Hoshana Rabbah, is save us that you would save us that you would save us that we know you would save us. And there's there's a very good reason. Now, interestingly, as we go through this, we're going to talk about the uh, prophet Isaiah in a moment, and we're going to talk about. You know, things that we've we've spoken of in the past with Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and what the Jews teach, and what we see in the book of Revelation, and we see through Paul's teachings throughout um, the epistles. And one of them is that, and, and we've spoken about this when we talked about the king in the field during the season of Teshuvah, on Rosh Hashanah, the gates to heaven are opened. On Yom Kippur, the gates to heaven are closed. Okay, so it's interesting because... Um, This is considered, Hoshana Rabbah is considered to be the final day of God's judgment on Israel, right? So understanding what's happening on this day, it's kind of like the fate of the agricultural year is determined, is settled, okay? So one of the things that's important is... Now the Jews teach, on Rosh Hashanah, the gates to heaven are open and only those who know Hashem, who have a relationship with Him and who have chosen to meet Him in the field or in our case, to meet Him when He calls us, when He shows Himself to us. In other words, those who confess Him before men these are the ones that are allowed to enter through the gates by his invitation only, the invitation for the wedding supper of the Lamb, but as the bride herself. See, so what the Jews would teach is that that is the day of verdict. That's the day when that verdict is issued on Rosh Hashanah saying, you are allowed to enter into The gates to the kingdom of heaven to be able to approach the throne room of God, of Hashem, and to go into the bridal chamber with Jesus the Messiah. And then we have Yom Kippur, which is the day of atonement, in which that verdict is finalized. You see, so. On the days that the gates to heaven are open in Rosh Hashanah, the Jews will say that the verdict is pronounced. It's issued. But on Rosh, but on Yom Kippur, it's finalized. Now Isaiah 58, 1 to 2 says, Shout out, Lord, don't hold back. Raise your voice like a shofar. Proclaim to my people what rebels they are, to the house of Yaakov, their sins. Oh yes, they seek me day after day and claim to delight in knowing my ways as if they were an upright nation that had not abandoned the rulings of their God. They asked me for just rulings and claim to take pleasure in the closeness of God. Now, the sages have been teaching for thousands of years and it was later, um, written in the Talmud that these two days refer to the day when the shofar is sounded on Rosh Hashanah. You see, and understand that, remember, Rosh Hashanah is a 48-hour day. It's one day, 48 hours. It is the day that the gates of heaven are open. I know I'm being a little bit repetitive, but it's also the day that the verdict, the divine verdict, is issued. Okay. So that's the first day. Now what they also would say is on the day when we take the willow, which is called Hashanah Rabbah, which we'll talk about in the in the next um, phase of this, that's the day when heavenly judgment begins. So the two days that they're talking about in Isaiah 58:1 is the sounding of the shofar and Rosh Hashanah and then what we know is Hoshana Rabbah, which is also known as the day of the willow, Yom Arava. So one of the things that it's important is that, again, as the Talmud and the sages explain what these two days refer to, understand that on the Feast of Sukkot, the prayers change, and we are judged regarding how much rain will fall in the upcoming year, right? Because this, on um, uh, so on Hoshana Rabbah, which is the final day of judgment, this is about the well-being of the economy, which is dependent on the bountiful rainfall. In other words, this is the former rains. So when the prayers change on the last day of Sukkot, what begins to happen is they begin to pray for the former rains to come to ensure that spring harvest. Because it's just about going into winter. So they need the winter rains to be able to take care of the fields, obviously, so that the fields will be ripe and they will be um, bountiful when they do harvest. It is also known as, again, Yom Arava, the day of the willow. Now, the primary observance of Hoshana Rabbah is called the taking of the willow. Now, this goes back to the times of the prophet and the first temple. So one of the things that we've spoken about a lot is what something that we call the four species. And when we get into this, I think Isaiah 58, 1 and 2 are going to come become a lot clearer to those who are listening and, and it will help you in your studies especially because we're going to be talking about Psalm chapter 1 verse 1 in a moment. But we're talking about right now the four species. I've spoken about it at length during Passover. I spoke about it when we talked about Sukkot last week. The four species are the willow, the myrrh, the palm frond, and the citrus. These four things are made into what we call the lulav and the etrog. Okay, three of them are put in one hand and the citrus fruit is put in the other, okay? And it has always been a tradition that during that parade, they would wave them. They would wave them to the north, to the east, to the south, to the heavens or to the heavens and to the earth. And they would say, Anna Adonai Hoshea Ana," right? Or Hosanna Ben David, you know, so save us, our Lord, save us that you would save us, O son of David, that's what they would say, okay, so it's 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 a tradition, but one of the things we have to understand is, after they have that, that um, parade to begin Sukkot, it is now, not only did would they go, and today what would happen is they would wave all four of them on a daily basis, but at the time of the prophets, the, the priests, the priesthood would gather more willow after that first day. Now, during Sukkot, what would happen is the priests would get an 18 foot willow branch, right? And there were seven of them and they were brought to the courtyard of the temple and they were placed around the altar, Now, this was done daily um, during Sukkot only that the priests would circle the brazen altar, waving the willow branches while crying out on behalf of Israel's sins. So there would be seven priests holding seven 18-foot branches of willow. They would encircle the brazen altar, which is where the sacrifices were burned, and they would be crying out in supplication and, and, and supplicating and crying out on behalf of Israel and the sins that Israel committed. Now, since it was the time of the former reigns, not only would the priests supplicate, but they would begin that prayer that that changed in the 18 prayers that the Jews play, or the Amidah, which is called the standing prayer. Okay? And what they would do is the priests would ask for God's guidance and his blessing and abundance, while not only reciting that prayer, um, the the, the prayer of change for a a good former rain and a good harvest, but again, supplicating on behalf of Israel. On Hashanah Rabbah only, the altar was circled seven times by the priest with the willow branches. So up until that time, the priests would come in, they would lay the branches, they would say what they were going to do, then they would circle with the branches one time and then put them back down and then they would pray. And that would happen for the first six days. But on Hoshana Rabbah only, the seven priests with the seven 18-foot willow branches would circle the altar the brazen altar seven times. Understand why God chose the willow. And the best way to do that is to go to Psalm chapter one. And we're going to read through verses one, one through five, actually. Okay, so what we have here right now is the the lulav and the Atrog, those four things that we talked about, the more the myrrh, The willow, the palm frond, and the citrus fruit, okay? The myrrh, the willow, and the palm frond are characteristic of the three categories of sinners on the earth. And the citrus fruit is characteristic of the only category of the righteous. So we have three characteristics that the other three species represent. And we're gonna talk about willow here for a minute because willow is characteristic of the pure wicked. So in Psalm chapter one, verse one to three, we see this. How blessed are those, the righteous, who reject the advice of the wicked and they don't stand on the way of sinners or sit with scoffers, sit. They delight in Adonai's Torah On his tour, they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by the streams. They bear their fruit in season. Their leaves never wither. Everything they do succeeds. How blessed, verse one, are those who reject the advice of the wicked. Now, I've heard it taught by Dr. John Looper that when you look at the three types of species that we're talking about, the myrrh, the willow, and the pomfram, the one of the characteristics about the willow is it tastes good or tastes bad and it smells bad. It tastes bad and it smells bad. So if you were around a willow branch and you were to smell it, it would have a pungent smell to it. And if you were to taste it, you'd spit it out of your mouth because it was bitter. Just like sinning, sin in the sight of our God in the sight of Hashem, smells bad and it tastes worse. But when you reject the advice of the wicked, what you're saying is, I'm going to choose righteousness. Now here's the other thing in verse four that's important that we understand. It says, of course, I'll read from the tail end of, of um, verse 3, because that's where we get the citrus fruit, which is always symbolic of the righteous and is closest to God's heart. Um, because they bear fruit in season, their leaves never wither, and everything that they do succeeds. I'm reminded of the scripture that says, the prayers of a righteous man availeth. Right, But in verse 4 it says, not so the wicked, who are like chaff driven by the wind the chaff, the, the 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 impurities that are found in the wheat. And to get rid of them it would go to the threshing floor and, and they would throw it up in the air in the basket so that the the the, the, the seeds would settle, the wheat, the good harvest, the, the good wheat would settle and the chaff would be blown away, or they would beat it on the, the threshing floor so that when they threw it back up in the air, they could catch the good seed and the rest of it would be set, go to the threshing floor and beaten. You see, so this is why it's called the day of the willow, Yom Arava, Because at this time, the taking of the willow, as they, 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 they're circled seven times, what the priests would do is they would slap it on the ground. Because on Rosh Hashanah, the verdict is issued, but on Yom Kippur, it's finalized. But on this day, Hashanah Rabbah, it's put into motion. So what, what they want to do is they take that willow and they beat all of the impurities. They beat it to say, we, Hashem, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Israel, we on this day repent. We refuse sin so that your judgment will not be Pastor Billy will continue his message in just a moment. If you would like more information about sermon series, books, and other study materials, you can call us at 732-314-1956, or you can email us at elanrestoration at gmail.com. You can visit us on Facebook for Shabbat and service times. And now we conclude today's message with Rabbi Billy. So now when you go back to Isaiah 58, 1 and 2, it says, shout out, Lord, don't hold back. Raise your voice like a shofar. That is day number one. That's the day when the verdict is issued on Rosh Hashanah because Rosh Hashanah begins with the sounding of trumpets. On day one, the judgment is issued, but you have time to repent because Yom Kippur is happening. And then in verse two of Isaiah 58, it says, oh yes, seek me day after day and claim to delight in my, knowing my ways as if they were upright nation that had not abandoned the rulings of their God. They ask me for just rulings and claim to take pleasure in closeness to God. So in other words, that first day is Rosh Hashanah. And in verse two, while he gives them time to repent before Yom Kippur. He now says, you seek after me and claim to know me, but you don't. You act as though you're an upright nation, but you have abandoned, you have abandoned the rulings of Hashem. And then you continually ask but I continually tell you, but you think I take pleasure in your sacrifice. This is the second day, which happens to be the seventh day, which we know as Hoshana Rabbah, which is why they beat the willow. So during this past season, we've gone through the seven days of Sukkot. We've made our penance. We've made our sacrifice, beginning with the tissue, with beginning with Elul one, which is the, the season of repentance. And it all came through, and the season is now over, and judgment has been carried out. But for how does that apply to us who are believers, or believers in the Messiah Himself and Jesus Himself? What we have to understand is we are always living in a season of preparation. After all, that isn't that's what this whole thing is. Beginning on Elul one with the season of Teshuvah, it's a preparation for when the gates to heaven are open. And, you know, the, the judgment is pronounced, right? It, the, the great, the verdict. It's the, the ruling of God is issued. But he's even compassionate to give you more time before the great white throne judgment, before Yom Kippur, before he says, now the judgment that I cast or the ruling that I pronounced on Rosh Hashanah is finalized. There's no going back. But even then, for the next seven days, we still have time to repent. But on this seventh day, Hoshana Rabbah, he says, it's final. There's no coming back. Does it sound familiar? God tugs on your heart and uses you to help him tug on others' hearts. When you accept him and you turn from your sins, you have to be living in in a season of repentance, a season of intimacy with him, seeking his oneness. Knowing that we have that invitation to go through the gates on Rosh Hashanah because the verdict's going to be issued for us. And in the great Rosh Hashanah to come, when it's the gathering of the church, during that time, it's a celebration before God takes us into the chamber. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord, Hashem himself, turn his face towards you and give you shalom, peace. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Billy Elias. Pastor Billy is the founder and pastor of Elon Restoration Fellowship in Toms River, New Jersey. Join us again as Pastor Billy bridges the gap between the old and new covenants. And as always, may the Lord bless you with peace.